0: This is Live, is Mike. Live Mike. Check one, two. With Lee Sperry. From Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live
1: Mike with Lee
0: Sperry on KSL News Radio.
1: Welcome to the top two stories. At 2 o'clock. Uh, for the past few weeks, I've been dedicating this segment of the program to reviewing two of the bigger stories that we've covered on the program today. What qualifies a, a story to be one of the two top two stories? Well, if it's something that leads you to have a conversation around your kitchen table in the evening, if it's something that lingers on your mind as the day goes forward, uh, well, I want to spend a little extra time on that. uh, And for that matter, bring to you the top two at two o'clock. The top story of today uh, really stems from uh, a statement put out by the Utah Republican Party. This coming in reaction to the votes cast by the United States Senators during Saturday's vote to either acquit or convict former President Donald Trump of the article of impeachment against him sent over from the House of Representatives. The the numbers worked out this way. In order for the House managers, those prosecutors bringing the case against former President Trump to be successful... They would have needed to secure 67 votes, a supermajority there in the Senate. That, uh, taking into account all of the senators present, 67 was the number they needed to uh, secure in order for former President Trump to be convicted. What does that mean? Well, with the House divided 50-50, 50 Senates, 50 Democrats, 50 Republicans, it would require that all 50 Democrats vote to convict and that 17 of the Republicans uh, vote to convict, and there there was a question mark. I mean, it was it was expected, <clears throat> it was expected that there would be insufficient votes to convict, but how close it would have gotten was unknown. How many Republicans w- intended on voting to convict Donald Trump? Well, we got the answer to that question. The answer was seven. On Saturday afternoon, when the votes were cast, ultimately there were seven Republican members of the Senate who opted to uh, convict. One of those seven was Utah Senator Mitt Romney. The other six in their respective states, there have been talks by the state Republican Party to censure those Republicans who voted against the former Republican president. Here in the state of Utah, though, uh, the, the leaders did something different. <clears throat> Instead of putting together a document uh, which would equate to a censure against Senator Romney, Derek Brown, chair of the Republican Party, crafted the following statement. He said, uh, quote, Ronald Reagan famously reminded us that within our tent, there will be many arguments and divisions over approach and method, but unity of thought does not require unanimity of thought Jumping down a paragraph he continues Our senators have both been criticized for their vote <clears throat> Excuse me The differences between our own Utah Republicans showcase a diversity of thought in contrast to the danger of a party fixated on unanimity of thought There is power in our differences as a political party and we look forward to each senator explaining their votes to the people of Utah I don't have time right now to go through the two senators' statements, but they both put out lengthy statements in response to their vote in terms of explanation. Ultimately, what this statement communicates is that there will be no such punitive action taken against Uh, Senator Romney, at least from the Utah Republican Party. Now, there are some uh, petitions circulating elsewhere, uh, but at least in terms of the Utah Republican Party, uh, censure is not on the docket. I I would encourage you to go and uh, read the statements, the explanations put out by Senators Lee and Romney following their votes on Saturday. Uh, Fascinating, uh, if nonetheless, an interesting study into uh, their minds and the attitudes they brought Uh, to making that all important decision. Uh, Listen, that's the top story. The second story of today is a heartbreaking one. And to help us get caught up to speed ahead of a press conference, which is expected uh, in about 20 minutes time, KSL News Radio reporter Paul Nelson joins us uh, to give the latest on a a kidnapping which took place a short time ago in Kearns. There have been some developments. Paul joins us now to share those with us. Paul, welcome to the program. How are you?
0: I am doing well. Thanks for having me.
1: Give give us, please, a a quick summary uh, of what we do know about this kidnapping and what we expect to learn in the press conference this afternoon.
0: Well, we do know these are coming from booking statements, but we do know that two men have been arrested in connection with the kidnapping. And sadly, they are now calling it a homicide case, even though, uh, it's, according to these documents, it is unsure whether or not they have actually found the victim, um, Nicole Salario Romero. She was taken from her home. Uh, right outside her home in Kearns uh, a little bit more than a week ago. However, uh, two people were arrested, and we are seeing some of the information in those booking documents. Uh, Apparently, what we are hearing that she was taken from her home and then uh, brought to a studio apartment in West Valley and there apparently were several people inside that apartment at the time, and the, several witnesses were uh, actually spoke with the police, and some say that they actually witnessed that she was shot. Others say that they heard the gunshot happened, and another one actually told police reportedly that he was forced at gunpoint by one of the suspects to uh, help him— he um, basically moved the body after it, uh, after the shooting, and he was starting to gunpoint to do it and said, hey, if you tell anybody about this, I'll kill you too. So um, that's the, the information that we are getting. The two people that were arrested are both being charged, or they were both booked, I should say, um, with aggravated kidnapping and aggravated murder, Orlando Tobar and Jorge Medina. Now, apparently Tobar, after being read his rights, spoke with the detectives and said that um, – uh, they actually went to go get her at her home. And he said that, you know, she came with them willingly. But then he admitted that uh, they actually took her to the house. They went into the studio apartment. And um, after the shooting, uh, Tobar says that Medina actually gave him the gun, told him to hold on to it too. And then, um, but that gun was actually later found at that West Valley apartment. Yeah, and uh, along with the gun, uh, apparently a lot of uh, blood evidence was also found as well.
1: And this afternoon, it's expected, uh, what, about 20 minutes from right now, a a media briefing will be hosted by the Unified Police Department, uh, Sergeant Cutler, to give some updates on this. Uh, Any sense of what there is still yet to learn?
0: Yeah. Matter of fact, um, one thing that, like I said, is not very clear whether or not they have actually found her because uh, Tobar said that he didn't even know where the victim had gone to. So we're going to try to find out whether or not they have found her. Also, motive. That's one thing that we that is not being released in these um, booking statements. In fact, according to them. Jorge Medina says that after he was read as Miranda writes, he spoke with detectives, and apparently it it appears that he just clammed up. He said, hey, I was at the house. I was at that apartment. My vehicle never left. I didn't see or hear anything suspicious at all. Um, I don't know the victim. I only recognize her because she was in the news. So apparently that's – uh, but according to the other man, Tobar, he says that uh, Medina actually asked him to to hold on to the gun for him. So as far as why this happened, that's uh, something that isn't coming out just yet. And hopefully we can get some more answers during the press briefing.
1: And in, in the documents thus far released no sense of uh, like a prior relationship between the, the victim and the suspects at all?
0: Nothing like that. In fact, um, some of the witnesses uh, that were spoken with say that they didn't they didn't know they Might not have even known the suspects very well, and according to the uh, booking statements, it says that they really knew only knew these guys as Chaparro and the Venezuelan, and that's really all they knew them at. They didn't even some of them didn't even know their actual names. So, um, but but yeah, basically, just uh, as far as why this happened, as far as um, whether or not she has been found, that's still information we're going to try to get.
1: KSL News Radio's Paul Nelson, sir, thank you for the update. We will uh, bring that police update to you live when it happens. Right now, scheduled to take place at about two thirty. An update coming from Unified Police, uh, but whatever we learn there, we do know uh, that a, a senseless and heartbreaking act uh, has likely taken place. Uh, thanks again, Paul. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. When we return, we have some some information about the vaccine. I'd like to share. With you uh, coming from the state of Utah, from Dr. Fauci, and others. What does it mean moving forward? What does normalcy look like, and are we getting closer to it? We'll dig into that next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.